It's the 22nd of May in beautiful Melbourne, Australia, coming to you live all across the country and the world. It's the footy with Broden Kelly. We're going to talk about all the controversies of the weekend mm. with my friend Tom. He's Greek-ish. We're going to talk all things football, but firstly, we need to bounce said pill. It's the 22nd of May. What a wonderful time to be alive. Uh, we're halfway through Doug Nichols' round or celebration. I guess we're, th- we're through a round, ce- part one. Doug Nichols' round, part one. Right. There's more Doug Nichols to come. Oh, is there really? I didn't know that. I believe next round is also a Doug Nichols round. Oh, I love that. Let's fact check that. Can you fact check that for me while sure. I still do this really professional intro? I'm going professional today. I love it. It's a beautiful, cold, under in the teens today in Melbourne with a little bit of drizzle. I'm presuming because it's Sunday when we're actually recording. Mm. And wasn't it a fantastic week of football? Pills were bounced all across this great big country. And Tom can tell me about that Doug Nichols round now. He's done that research. I'm still struggling here. Oh, come on, Tom. Come on, man. Did you hear how professional I was being? Um, Yeah, it was very professional. I liked the weather update. You should do that all the time. You know, you're across. Celebrate and recognize those moments forged by First Nations at this year's Sir Doug Nichols round across rounds 10 and 11 of the 2023 Toyota AFL Premiership season. God, I'm good. Very good, Brayden. So 10 and 11. I know my stuff and I love our audience. I think they're sexy. Beep that F. We're gonna we're gonna start beeping swear words. All, all right? of them. If we're gonna get sponsors, Tom, we got to beep the swear words. If we're doing all of them, then I need to. You know what? We should take that to a new level, like a next level. If we're gonna do that, what do you mean? Like a swear jar that we give to charity or something? Because Daddy's gonna struggle. Yeah, no, I've only sworn once, but we're not gonna swear anymore because we are gonna get this premium and we're gonna get them <laughs> sweet sponsorships. You stupid. Are you aware your co-host can barely speak? That's why I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure, yeah, that you aren't swearing, yeah, because it's a, it's a punishment to yourself, yes. Because I don't know if our audience knows, but what happens when we do this podcast? We come in, we bring the energy. It's really positive. It's mm-hmm. a Sunday night. We've just watched a fantastic week of football. Yes, we finish. I stop talking to Tom. I stop giving him eye contact. I mm-hmm. get up. I get into my car. I go home to my life, my my partner and dog. Yeah. Tom stays here until the early morn editing mm. the podcast. That's when you he puts in those stings that you know and love. Yeah. It's when he makes the Fox footy theme and then he'll upload that and get that out to the great people who are dying to listen to it. Mm. But, I don't know, is there a but? Well, I forgot what I was saying. Something about swearing and it's We're not going to swear anymore, Tom. Yep. Because and if we do, we're going to beep that, them boys. Okay, great. Because we got some feedback on the Andy Donna podcast. It's hard to get you ads. Because the other, you know, for example, when we show your ads to the client, mm-hmm. you say in the first two minutes, three or four times. You go, and, you know, like Google's not wrapped on that. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, But I've always wondered that. I feel like that's a podcast specific thing, Broden, because I've always wondered why... Like brands are happy to be in front of awful YouTube videos or yeah. very full on movies. When they, if, they, if they're able to turn the other cheek, yeah. they do. But, but it's, this, it's one thing to be yeah, like, right. uh, the Arnie Donner podcast is brought to you by Reebok. When you <laughs> want to wear shoes, you choose Reebok. <laughs> and then the show starts. Hi, I sh- pants, poop. Yeah, so you think it's to do with the fact that it's uh, the the read is actually yeah. from Auntie it's Donna. When, or it's we're Reebok. Yeah, we make shoes and we like Auntie Donna. Yeah, and then 
what proceeds they're connected to as opposed to a yeah. YouTuber. But no, it is the same thing, really. Mm. But we're clean and family friendly now, guys. Let's jump into the footy. <laughs> Let's just use Greek swear words from now on. That'll be fine, right? You can do that. <laughs> I don't know that. It's not my people. Okay. Let's talk footy, but start with a sting. Taste the sting of my magic. And Tom, can I just say, I want separate stings this week. I feel like the other day I listened back, there was the same st- sting. I thought that was really funny though. You were the same sting over it. And it wasn't a cool sting either. It was <laughs> no. like a... Okay, it was I'll, really funny, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I, I was mad. I was walking around uh, where I live mad, furious, ready to kill you. Yeah, no, I thought it was like a, like family guy-ish, you know? <laughs> to use like a big band sort of silly sting. It kind of just sounded for me authentic like another podcast. Like, right. you know, someone doing a podcast being like, oh, that's a nice professional <laughs> transition. <laughs> I thought it sounded silly. I All right, it. great. Can I start with, this is almost a Broden's Exploding. Oh, I love that. Let me talk about Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Between North Melbourne and Sydney. Yeah. I was really enjoying this game. Sure. There's 30 odd seconds to go. Mm-hmm. North Melbourne are about to beat a grand finalist team. Yeah. On a Saturday afternoon with a team that doesn't have a coach, mm. has an interim coach. This, it was going to be incredible. The umpire gets a message in his ear mm. from elsewhere saying, give the ball to Sydney, give them a 50-meter penalty, give them a goal, and they'll win. Yep. I'm furious about this. I thought it was the worst thing to happen over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I thought it was so, so crappy. And let me tell you why. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of feedback from people going, haha, typical North Melbourne, kicking the boots into North Melbourne. This team that is dramatically down and out. Sure. Oh, and their fans just sitting there, haha, it's funny. To, we've A lot of the audience will have been a fan of a football team who's down the bottom and it's easy to kick you when you're down. Sure. Easy, easy target. Mm-hmm. I agree... By the rule, I have no issue with the rule. I have no issue with saying it's it's by the book and that's what should have happened. Sure. My my anger is directed entirely at AFL House. Yeah. This this screams amateur hour. Yeah. Dramatically. Dramatically. The NBA has so many faults. The NFL has even more faults. Mm-hmm. Tennis. Yeah. There's prop Accidents and stupid things happen all the time. Yeah. But I've never seen in another sport anywhere in the world an official getting a message in his ear, giving the ball to the other team and making them win. You could have predicted that if you were doing... So I should say as well, the reason was that North Melbourne went two interchanges over the limit. You have a 75-person limit of interchanges now, mm-hmm. which was brought in about five, six, seven years ago to, to stop uh, flooding and to keep the game ha- harder to do so that people would fatigue more and you can get less flooding in the game. They brought this rule in. You could have predicted that people would get close to the cap at the end of a game at the exact point that a decision like this would be violently detrimental. Sure, I hear you. We have another rule in the game that is a warning. 666 is the exact same thing, but we give a warning for it. Yeah. 
at the end of a game, and it's the person. There's a person who is either a volunteer or, at very best, a, ha- a part-time person at North Melbourne who is very, very, very upset with themselves right now for letting this happen. And it's mm. not even their fault. It's that's the other thing. You can't pinpoint and say it's that person's fault. It's one person's, you know, one person's job to check the interchange and make sure people aren't coming and going. But then, if players are running at you, there's not so, you know not so much you can do. It's partly the footy players' fault. It's partly a bunch of people's fault. But surely the this shit happens with the AFL so often, where amateur hour comes up. Mm. It's the worst optics for a league that says it's in, you know it's super professional, trying to start a 19th team, getting a bunch of funding to build a stadium. It it's VFL, it's amateur, it's the it's the Magoo's stuff, and I absolutely hated it. It's so disappointing. That's my hot take. What do you think? I think um, I think you're pretty much bang on. I um, think that the the thing I agree with you the most that I saw going around with is the lack of the warning and the punishment being too severe. Yes, because I have no issue with rules being set like that. Although I hadn't thought about your example of if this was to ever be encroached upon, it would be in the last minute, which means it could change a game. You know, 100%. like I hadn't thought about that point. So that's a good point. But I think at the end of the day, North Melbourne shouldn't have broken the rule as well. 100%. But, but also, Brendan, I saw a thing on Twitter that was saying that potentially they didn't break a rule. And this is to play out, I think. Because you're actually allowed to make three substitutions for interchange on injuries. Did you see this going around? Yeah, you can. So, so you can fake an injury if you wanted. So old mate came off with his calf. Yes. So maybe the steward thought... Oh, well, I'm allowed to do that. I'm allowed to do that because he's coming off with but a But I think cuff. that there was two interchanges that should No, but then happened. they did it backwards because I think they thought, oh, we've gone over. We should sub back on. Who is it? It's the Hawthorne player we're talking about. You know, the one Shield. who came from Hawthorne? Was no. it Shield? Yes, yes, yes. It was Liam Shield. So he came off with a calf mm. and then he swapped back. So I yes. think North was trying to undo But then the there was mistake. another one as well. Oh, another one as well. Yeah. So I think it ended up getting to 78, I think. It was oh, right. Four or five. Or seven. Yeah. Anyway, at what I'm hearing is grey. Yes. And I'm it's also gray. hearing that in the exact same sport with new rules, there is a six 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 rule that is a warning. Uh, I think that's the the big the big the big thing to take out of this is that it's way too much of a punishment North for fans, the crime. North fans did not deserve that. No. That was, was shocking. What do you it was just a simple clerical error. Yes. It wasn't a, a breaking of the football rules, no ill intent. And it was a simple clerical error. And the worst optics ever. Yes. A guy, I was watching it happen. Yeah. There's this hotly contested game. It's in the pocket. Yeah. Both teams really going for it. Then all of a sudden, someone who is not playing, I sound like Robert, mm. someone who's not playing the game, Jared. <laughs> He's not even playing it. Gets, oh, I got a message. Give him a goal. Yeah. Awful. I'm no, furious about it. Brand and it ruined my. Um, uh, that was going to be a big tip for Tommy. Was that a Malacca? Oh, that was... Uh, well, I had Malacca's going both ways, to be honest. That was our first ever dual Malacca. Well, there you go. And it ruined your tips. Yeah. Here's something else I want to talk about. All right. Chuck a sting right in there. These better not be silly stings, I swear <laughs> to God, Tom. You're setting yourself up, mate. Let me talk... To the loyal AFL listeners out there, I'm talking to you. And if you're listening to this, you probably are a, a football listener. Watcher mm. <laughs> or a listener. Yeah, I listen. For those of you who have to watch football 
on primetime, Friday nights, Saturday nights, you'll be familiar with a certain ad campaign created by one of the biggest companies in the world called Google. Mm -hmm. Google started a few years ago what appears to be an ad campaign designed to make them feel compassionate and warm. Yes. The Google company. They're ads that are designed to make you, to tug at the heartstrings and to think, I love footy. Mm. This ad connects with me. It's a, they're short films. Yeah. And then at the end they say Google. Yeah. I'm going to give my review of both and yeah, then sure. talk about where we're at now. Yeah. Two years ago, 2021 actually. Yeah, 2021. Yeah. Google released an ad. I'll call it the blinder ad. Yeah. And a lot of you will know what I'm talking about. The blinder ad is the story of a father and a daughter, newly migrated Australian family, I would say, mm -hmm. with an African heritage, I would suggest. The, the daughter starts playing football. Yeah. The father starts to learn the football by using Google. Mm. He says, what is a blinder mean? How do I teach to handball? Mm -hmm. It's a connection. Yeah. A father-daughter through football. It's quite moving. A beautiful story. When Annie, my partner, saw it, yeah. she weeped. She cried. <laughs> <laughs> Annie, you're a loser. Annie cried at the ad. <laughs> Everyone loved the ad. Yeah. They call it the blinder ad. Yeah. There's memes about it. There's off-flow memes of, you know, what is a blinder and then showing, you know, Patrick Cripps getting 40 disposals or and other great Carlton highlights. Mm-hmm. Flash forward 2022. Yeah. Google like we're back with a new ad. Mm -hmm. I call this one the chewy on your boot. Old Nana ad. Oh, uh, yeah. The old Nana ad. Yep. This is the story of a young person. Mm -hmm. She goes to visit her Nan. Mm -hmm. She's she's gone. She yep. doesn't remember what day of the week it is. Yeah. Uh, but then she finds an old photo and says she like used to play football. Yeah. So she takes, she Googles football. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I think, yeah. And then takes Nana and mum to the women's football. Yeah. The Nana goes chewy on your boot. And then uh, they watch the footy. It's happy, happily ever after, I suppose. It's a good connection. She used Google to connect with her Nana yeah. who has dementia. Mm -hmm. I give the blinder ad mm -hmm. five stars. Yeah. I give Chewy on your boot one star. All oh, right. And because I, you listen, if you love footy as much as I do, mm. and I do, mm. you see this ad maybe, I'm going to try and not exaggerate, 98,000 times a year. Yeah, I think so. The, 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 the Nana ad is the <laughs> thing ever put on television. <laughs> and they should be ashamed of it. Yeah. It's so. Yeah. I hate it. Mm -hmm. And so I I think it's the worst. Yeah. And to, it's such a fall from grace mm -hmm. from what is a blinder. Yeah, right. To chewy on your boot. Sure. I desperately want to talk about the actors, but I'm not going to. Yeah, sure. Leave because that I'm in ads sometimes. Yes. I think the whole thing is bullshit. Yeah. And I, and I think it should be stripped from television. Sure. So here, here we are in 2023. I'm waiting for the third installment of Google is nice. Yeah. Guess what it is? It's gone back to Blinder, right? Blinder! We're back to Blinder. Says to me, yeah. people down there at head office Google feel the same way as me. Yeah, that Blinder's a better ad. Blinder is, Blinder is 
not happy Jan levels of success. Yeah, right. Not happy Jan. It's uh, what is um, the you milk know, one? Keep the rabbits out of China. Nazi Goring. Oh, yeah, milk. Uh, milk. What kind of milk? Extra dollop. Yes. What is a blinder? Is an iconic ad. Yeah. Get rid of demand. I haven't. I as I think what pissed me off is I had a nana who suffered from dementia for maybe I knew her with dementia for maybe twelve years. Yeah. I thought that it is cynical and and poorly directed <laughs> and uncouth, and I think it's I think it's banal. Sure. Just because you had a personal connection to it, or no? Because I didn't. I should have had a connection with it. Oh right. And but you I didn't. found it. Un- I found it droll. Sure. <laughs> And I, I expect better from Google. I, I didn't have passion either way. Uh, yeah, because you're a normal person. The, the but I, I have thoughts about every ad. I could talk you through every, every. We should do this. I yeah. should talk. I could talk you through every. What's the place where you you, you rob someone's house and then you take their jewelry and you sell it? Cash converters. Yeah, cashies. I could tell you about every AFL-based cash converters ad. Yeah, right. I know who wrote them, by the way. We can talk about that another yeah, time. Yeah, great. We should. Yeah. In fact, I'll write that down. <laughs> Just wanted to shout out that I'm so glad that Blinder is back mm-hmm. and I'm so happy chewing on your boots gone. Yeah, great. Can I tell you something else, Tom? Mm-hmm. They put a sting there. Sure. There's a team in the AFL right now mm-hmm. that is very simply and calmly dominating every week yeah they are putting away every team they're doing it with positivity they're doing it with fun Mm -hmm. they look like the flag favorites to me yeah who am i talking about port adelaide no (laughs) who do you think who was i who do you who's collingwood is the answer (laughs) i'm talking about the brisbane lions tom sure what have they done wrong this year uh first few rounds they were rubbish and couldn't play away from home Fair points. Okay, good. Okay, good. Yes, all right. But since then, they've been very good and won away from home a couple of times too. Yes, yep. they've beaten Collingwood. Mm-hmm. I think they've mismanaged... Um, who do I like? Uh, you like Putin, isn't that right? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> no, no I like? think they pushed um, McCluggage out of the midfield to make way for Dunkley, which I think is a like for like and a, a net loss. Uh-huh. Apart from that, and Pooch Hill. Joe Danaher started the year getting absolutely lampooned. I wanted to ask you a question about Joe Danaher. Yes. Um, he friend- is tall, yes. Is that the question? <laughs> no. Friend of the pod, Aaron Gox, was at this game and yes. was posting uh, on at the Q Clash and was posting stuff. And he said that after Joe Danaher kicks a goal, they play a song every time. Every Brisbane player has a goal after this after their goal song. Right. And Joe Danaher's is one from Frozen. Yeah, let it go. Yeah, is do it? you know what? why, what? They is just this a cho- thing? They like- just choose their song. So, so Charles- does he think that's funny? Probably. Right. Charlie, he maybe has a daughter, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Charlie Cameron uh, plays Country Road by John Denver. Yeah, see, this I'm more into. Frozen, I don't understand, unless he's trying to be funny. I imagine there's a bit of irony to it. But when you're a footballer, right, Mm. you're not really, for the most part, I'll speak generally, Mm. I don't think a lot of footy players are really, you know, connected to culture. Yeah. You know, there's the odd ones who, you know, they, they, they all love a spag bowl. Sure. They all love a uh, Shawshank Redemption night. Mm-hmm. None of them are really going out there looking for culture. I'd say um, Brady Grundy's one of the few exceptions. His taste in uh, local Aussie music is sensational. Well, how do you know? What is he like? He's a big Mallrat fan, as am I. There you go. Mm. You, sh- you know a lot of music. 
Yeah. But I don't think a lot of foot. I think a lot of footy players would say chain smokers. You know, like totally. play a bit no, of chain I, smokers. I agree with you, hundred percent. Yep. And as you know, we can sidebar for a moment. Mm. The Australian music industry has never been in a worse position than it is today. Correct. It's impossible to break through. Mm-hmm. If you're an Australian musician right now, how do you break through? Tell me in, in tell me in a sentence. Well, I could tell you like your best shot, but I don't think it's been working for anyone, right? Yeah, who's cut through? So uh, Kid well, Leroy. Yeah, Kid Leroy's done very well, but that was all going over to America and signing with Justin Bieber's management. Like yes. that was, and that's not something achievable. I think the only thing you could do would be, and, and Peach PRC has done this very well, and mm-hmm. she she managed to chart last week on the Aria charts. Is be eighty percent social media, twenty percent music. Which is a sad reality, isn't it? It is. You've got to find a way to get big on TikTok. But even if you get big on TikTok, that doesn't guarantee that you're going to have a career, does it? It just means you're going to have one big song. And by the time it's viral, the money's probably gone. 100%. No, I couldn't agree more. It, it's, it's, I, I think probably the true answer is to be the best at what you're doing and to grow organically, which is what our friends at King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard have done. Yes. But, but they is... probably they probably predate the problem as well, to be honest, because I yeah. think they initially built their audience on Triple J and places like that, which I don't think you can do anymore. But you look at bands who are cutting through now. Mm. King Stingray seemed to be cutting through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Triple J seems to be still the only way. Like Amel got the Amel, I don't think got Triple J support. And Amel and the Sniffers, like this, they, they definitely did. I, I, I will correct you just slightly. They definitely did. I think Amel was more supportive than like King Gizzard was, for instance. Right. I think Amel has been championed in a in a big way by Triple J. But you're right. It that doesn't guarantee success either. What it might guarantee you is a lot of Aussie festival circuit placement. Yeah. But that doesn't help you overseas. That doesn't help you really with anything. It just makes sure that you play Splendor. You know. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's a sad it's, state of affairs. It's brutal. If you look at the charts now, it's just the American charts. Yes. And then I think at 21, the first Australian artist comes in. It would be Peach, right? No. No, it's not. Get, this, will, this will make your head blow off. Right. The number number 21, I think. Yeah. Australian, first Australian entry in the Australian charts. Are we talking single or album? Single. Single, right, right, right. It's Riptide, Vance Joy. Yeah, right. Was, yeah, which is like which is horrible. Yeah, like, so that, I think, well, no, it's horrible. No, no, it's not a horrible song. It's five, six, seven years yeah, old. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, no, because I think I read an article that was there was no Australian albums that made the ARIA charts last week, and then Peach PRC was the only one. Yes, like the week after or whatever. In conclusion, Brisbane looks sick, and they're almost almost uh, my flag favourites. Yeah, sorry, I, I did derail you. Was that all you wanted to say? Yeah, yeah, right. They look awesome. I think uh, look out, Brisbane. If they finish top two. Mm. They get a, they get two yeah. home finals, mm-hmm. then go to the MCG for a grand final. Yeah, they're looking like they can do that pretty comprehensively. Yeah, I think me and you were both hype on Brisbane coming into the season. I think that is fate to comply. They look really good. Mm. Something occurred to me Saturday night, Tom. Yeah, there's another sting. Yeah, something occurred to me Saturday night. Uh, me and my brother Mitchell, Mitchell Kelly, uh, he has a speaking of music called Artie Ziff. Mm. It's a Simpsons reference, Tom. Who is Artie Ziff in The Simpsons? No idea. Yeah, he's uh, an ex-girlfriend, boyfriend of uh, Marge Simpson from high school. Oh right, that's cool. Played by John Lovitz. Mm. He went on to become a billionaire, Artie Ziff. But he had uh, sneaky hands. He uh, he went for the grope on prom night of Marge Simpson. Oh and, right. And then she smacked the shit out of him, and then uh, she went, went went ended up with Homer. Yeah, fair enough. Homer Simpson. We went to the Dreamtime, the MCG match. Yeah. It was awesome. So good. Yes. Pre-show, incredible. 
Mate, I turned to Mitchell after and I said, this is why I support a night grand final. Mm. And I know that mm. that's not going to happen for a very long time now. Yes. But it was just so impressive. And the second thing I thought looking at this game was, let's stop trying to get the Foo Fighters every year because Bogans will like it. Yeah. Just make it indigenous performers every year and just lean into that. Sure. It might be... You know, it, it might not be world-changing performances, but it's unique and Australian. And let's start to just full and in First Nations performers, and then also Amal and the Sniffers or King Gizzard. Just make it just fully Australian. Yeah, and and just make it. We're not trying to do the Super Bowl. Yeah, I've been on this for a few years. I'm with you. It was so impressive. Mm. It was so good. I think if you just went up to Splendor every year and just saw. Who was awesome? Who had incredible stage presence and then brought that down and built the show around that? Speaking of King Stingray, yeah. get King Stingray. To uh, just build it final. around King Stingray. Yeah. And with a bit of lights, if it's just that twilight would have been incredible. Just with a bit of lighting, yeah. would it, it would be so much better. Yeah. But it's not going to happen for a while now. But I think you can still just do make it Australian people lean in. This is an Australian indigenous sport. Make it fully indigenous. 100%. Make it Australian. I, I would much rather see... An Australian band do themselves, do character, and no one know who the fuck they are. 100%. Then fucking, yeah, your Meatloafs and your fucking Robbie yeah. Williams doing their hits and their past it. Uh, yeah. Robbie was a success, but I would still much, much prefer to just see. I remember one year at the Splendor and I saw Baker Boy just go off. Mm. And I was. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That would have been incredible. Yeah, that was really. And cool. I know he did the Perth grand final, but uh, I, uh, I think that there's so much. And then people are going to hate it every year. That, exactly right. Because That's we, right, have a, yeah. we, we have a culture in Australia of just hating ourselves inside. Yeah. We hate who we are so deeply. Yeah. And anytime we try to resolve or fix our identity, we're anti that too. We just like to sit and we're smart and we hate ourselves and it's cool that we hate ourselves. Totally. But once we get past that, which hopefully generations can start to do, yeah. um, we're better for it. But also, when someone tries something new humanity's instinct always is to go, it's new, I hate it, right? Yeah. But people love tradition at the same time. Yes. So how do you get a tradition? You repeat it. Yeah. So at everything, the first Christmas, I guarantee you if it was in Australia, Australians would have gone, oh, this is bullshit. This is yeah, just, totally. This is absolute bullshit. This is Americanism. Yeah. But we're quite a while into Christmases now and we love them. Yeah. In fact, we're worried that people are changing them. Yeah, too quick to change them. Yeah, and I think, to be honest, I think that, you're absolutely right. But I think if you had King Giz on grand final day, mm. I think there'd be a good chunk of the population that started off like, what is this rubbish? And then about 10 minutes and they'd be like, actually, they're going for it, aren't they? The people would Look actually- them. People, the truth is, people who like them would love it. Mm -hmm. People who are on the fence would love it. People who love rock music would love it. And then a large portion of the community would hate it. Or because not give a, a large portion of society- of are really, really, really stupid. Mm -hmm. We encountered it with Arnie Donner. Yes. For the first four years, every time we walked on stage, our job was to convince who were at the amount of people that were there, our job is to convince these people that we're good. Yeah. So the first 20 minutes of our shows were designed to have people who were sitting on the fence or even cynical or not ready to like us and to make them love us. Yeah. And when you walked off stage, you knew that if people were open to seeing, open to it being good, they would like it. We could win some people over, and there was always going to be people walking away who didn't like it. Hundred percent. When no one knows who you are, and no one has anything to go by, there's a huge chance 
that people, more people are going to hate you because if people aren't guided by what they're supposed to like, they find it very hard to discern for themselves what is good and what is bad. So every year we'd build a little bit, build a little bit, and then just gradually by doing more and more shows and slowly building this audience, one year the, the scales tipped and then the, the rhetoric through Comedy Festival and through Melbourne just became... Oh, everyone loves Arnie Donner. Yeah. Obviously, I've always loved them. Yeah. And people who would have seen us in our first years and gone, who the hell are these guys? I don't like them. Obviously, went, everyone loves Arnie Donner, so I love Arnie Donner. Yeah. That happens with music. It happens with all culture Croissants. things. Croissants. Loon. Yeah. It happens with all things. As soon as something's a hype, mm-hmm. then people who don't know how to discern taste for themselves decide that it's good. Look at Chin Chin now. Chin Chin's not that good. Mm. It's a restaurant in Melbourne. I don't but think I've had it. No. It's like a... Thai fusion-y situation, yeah. but the line down the street for Chin Chin is way too long for what it right. is, but there's hype behind it. I'm mm. sorry if I'm, if the owners of Chin Chin listen to this, <laughs> but that's my opinion And that's that. why I'm brave for just sticking by Subway and Hungry Jack's, mate. Yeah, but no, see, that's an issue as well, Thomas. You can't just have Hungry Jack's, although they do have the best chips, and we should rank right, You said be- last week that Red Rooster had the best chips. No, I said between KFC and Red Rooster, Red All Rooster right. have the better chips, but Hungry Jack's- I'm going to come in next week with the best chips. Right. And we're going to rank the best chips. But yeah, everyone bullies me for loving Subway. But, you know, that's just me being me. I love Subway. I'm not getting on your hype trains of all your fancy sandwiches. Yeah, I, don't I love know. a Subway. I don't know how to respond to this now. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to this. But you're, you know, you're a sandwich connoisseur. What's your favourite thing in the world? Jersey Mike's. Oh, I miss it. It almost opened in Australia, but then died because of COVID. Yeah, me and Broden drove two hours to get one once. Anyway, <laughs> back on subject. I, I, yeah. I, we went to Dreamtime at the G. Yeah. And Mitchell and I have been going to the footy for a very long time together. Yeah. And we both used to work at the MCG. Mm-hmm. And we've a collection of both working there and knowing the secrets of the MCG alongside going to, as punters for a very long mm-hmm. time. We know the secrets and we have our own little favourite things we like to do sure. in the MCG. Yeah. And I'm curious to know from our audience, uh, by the time next Sunday rolls around, I want to hear people's feedback through you, actually by mailbag on Thursday. Yeah. There's two things that we've done. So on Saturday night, here's the thing we did. Sure. We were sitting second level in the MCC mm-hmm. and my ones are going to be MCC based because I'm a member of that. Sure. Um, because I'm better than everyone. Mm-hmm. And five minutes before halftime, Mitch and I get up walk to a back area, down a little corridor to a secret almost cafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw this. I love this. Go on. You sit down. Mm-hmm. We sat down for pots of tea and cheesecake yep. in, a, in a cafe, almost like a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then what we saw is halftime and then the TVs were there. So we just watched the end of the half. Yep. And as it happened, all these other people came in here who's clearly it was their ritual to go to this right, cafe at yeah. halftime because it's a it's a free-for-all when you go to the, any of the stalls at halftime. Sure, if you sure. go to the burger places or the cafes, mm. they're, they're full. But a few people who regularly go to the footy clearly knew that this was a little hack to do. Yeah, right. So that's one little hack for me. Can and, I throw you a mailbag right now? Uh, yes, go on. Hi, Broden and Tom. That's us, by the way. Love the pod, guys. Wanted to thank you, Broden, for passing on your MCG expertise about going to the far right line when trying to get into gate two. It works. Already served me well a couple of times this year. I was at the Dreamtime game on Saturday night and passed you by walking out of the toilets. I wasn't quick enough to say hello, but it did make me think. Do you advise on the best toilets to use when in the MCC? Shortest line, cleanest, figured you'd be the man to ask. Mate, I have all the answers for toilets, but I'm not going to answer that today. You're going to save that to another Thursday? time because today we're talking about little food hacks or little all just right. tricks of the trade. And toilets fall into this because there's another one, right? Right. And this is an MCC only thing, so it's for the better people in society like sure. me. Yeah. Um, 
Also, can I say, everyone in the MCC, you're a f- yeah. and we're beeping that. I hate you all. Yeah. I used to work. I sit next to you now. I used to work. I used to have to talk to you. You're mm-hmm. all absolute scum. The yeah. richer you are, the more I hate you. Sure. Ivan her. One woman just sent, said to me once, because I didn't let her into an area, she goes, you know you're dealing with the upper echelon of society, don't you? Just, <laughs> oh. That is the worst oh. thing ever. Like <laughs> some people think that way, man. Yeah, you I think know, some. Right. You think rich people are like no, I'm gonna be. Some people build their personality on on status. Oh, I, I know. Yes, I uh, yes. Hear you. And you might know where you work. That, yes, yes. Ivanhoe's not like filthy rich. Yeah, but it's rich enough. That's. I think it's not the richest people who are the mental cases. It's yeah. the ones who have just divided themselves a little bit or separated themselves a little bit. Yeah. from people they think, and they got a chip on their shoulder. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. And it's often the. People who don't make the money. Yeah. Or like the children or the whatever. Yeah, the children, they're guilty for sure. Anyway. Sorry, I totally I hate derailed them all. you. On, on Another thing points. Mitchell and I have done from time to time, yeah. if you just wear a suit mm-hmm. to the game, if you're okay wearing a suit or even just like slacks and a shirt and you can put a tie on or whatever yeah. and maybe a, like an overcoat, you go into the long room for, for half time. It's like 15, 20 bucks for scones, party pies, sausage rolls, mm. bottomless coffee and tea. So did you do that as well? Not this time, oh, but we, we do it from time, time. Right, to time. Right. That's another little hack. Yeah, I love that. I want to know people's hacks. You don't go to the footy enough to have hacks. No, no, no. I, and I only get to sit behind the goals. What I'd like to open this up... Yeah. <laughs> what I'd like to open this up to is where you park and how you get in. Yeah, right. Because I... Where I live now, mm. and I'm moving soon though, unfortunately, I'm a bit sad about it. Where I live now, what I consider like 50% of the value of living where I am... Is it's on it? It's on the train line to Jollymont Station. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, so I agree. I can if a game's on at three twenty in the afternoon, I can decide at two two thirty I'm yeah. going to go and be there before the bounce. Yeah, it is for me one of the great luxuries of life to be able to go to the MCG, drop of a hat. Agree, Hurstbridge line for life. Yeah, well, it's Mernda is what I live on. Oh right, so it's Hurstbridge Mernda. Yeah, sure. Um, it's one of the great, but I would love, I know it's not that simple for a lot of people mm-hmm. and people, there's not a lot of crazy people in the world like me who will decide where they live <laughs> because they go to the football occasionally yeah, sure. for half the year they go yeah, to games yeah. at the MCG. So I want to know what's people's secrets. Where do you park? Where, what station do you go to? Do you mm-hmm. get on a tram and then thing? I want to know them. And don't be afraid that your secret's going to get out. I've just been very vulnerable and revealed two of my secrets, yeah. which I'm not going to be able to do now because people are going to be saying, bounce that pill when I'm having a cheesecake. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You know what I've always thought, Broden? Yeah. That if you lived in Ballarat, mm-hmm. that Southern Cross would be the best. Oh, apparently, the, there's one Ballarat train after football games and it's just packed and it would be miserable. Yes, right. Because, yeah, there'd be like a... Yeah, right. Because you wouldn't get a seat in all If that. If I... Was a was a football fan in Ballarat. Mm. I think I'd just drive and park. Yeah, right. Well, I like a, I like the drive from Ballarat too. But but if for those who don't have choices, I probably just wouldn't go to the football. Yeah, like I it, mean the V line is like very quick though. Isn't it's it? an hour and a half by the time you get in. But I guess if you're in at Marvel and stuff, it's it'll yeah. Be okay. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe it's just an hour. I don't know. And the good parking at Maybe Ballarat Station. Hour ten. Yes, you park yeah. at Ballarat Station. You get the chair. Yeah, no, no, I'm coming around to it. I'm coming yeah. around to it. But you would hate going to the G because then that's an extra train or a tram, you and know? Sitting on a train, if you've got a seat and it's not too packed and it's okay and you're comfy, chuck in a podcast, chuck in the, the recap after the game. Mm-hmm. But I believe it's a bit of a rush. If you go to a night game, yeah. you got to move. Oh, right, to get like yeah. the last train to Ballarat. Yeah. So, you know, spare a thought for our homies in Ballarat. <laughs> yeah. 
Speaking of which, they had a footy game on the weekend that was apparently, uh, you know, they've built that little stadium outstanding. Mm. It's beautiful. Me and Mitch went there once. Give us your hacks. Give us your going to the footy hacks. <laughs> Something occurred to me Friday night watching the football. Yeah. We'll talk about that more later. I want to talk about the feeling that you have as a football fan when you're watching your team play mm-hmm. and the irrational hatred and fear and pain you put on the commentators. Yeah. The, 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 the horrible things I thought about the commentators, Brian Taylor mm-hmm. and who else commentated Friday night? I can't even remember now. That's the It's point. always BT. It's always, I, that's the point. It's like, because as soon, it's not that bad, but when they're, everything is, it feels like everything is blown up to a billion percent. Mm. So if they just say one little negative thing about Melbourne and we're already losing, I lose my mind. Yeah. No, I hear you. And I'm just so violently angry at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an incredible, it must be, it's one of the most thankless jobs. But then also, if you do a bad job, it's amplified by so much. Yeah, no, totally. I just wanted to talk about that. But it, I want to know if, that's where hatred of commentators comes from, is like, you don't want to hear a negative thing about your team. But also, you're trying to think positively about it. And then people in your ear are saying negative things. But also, as a culture, commentators and footy pundits, Mm. No one's going out on a limb and saying, say, say uh, Collingwood today are losing, right? Yeah. This is a made-up land where Collingwood ever lose. <laughs> yeah. And they're down by 10 points. No commentator, and they're playing Carlton and Carlton's winning by 10 points. Mm-hmm. No commentator is going to say, Collingwood are going to swing this around and they're, they're actually not looking that bad. Yeah. No, they never say that. No. What they're saying is Carlton is so good. Collingwood are so bad. And all it takes for a commentator to turn and start supporting the other team is Collingwood to go up by one point. And totally. then all of a sudden it's like, they're so clever mm-hmm. because it's so much safer to say, to reinforce what you're seeing as opposed to making a, a independent thought. Totally. And AFL, it's lazy, I reckon. Mm-hmm. And it's becoming more and more prevalent. There's very few people and they get smashed who actually make independent thought. 100%. Now, this is what I was going on a few weeks ago. I think it was on this board. I was going on about... Dermot Berriton's support of Lukosius when yeah. Lukosius played like three awful games in a row, yes. came out, kicked one ripper goal, and the commentators were going off on him, how he's the Suns' most important uh-huh. player, all this sort of stuff. And it sure. just felt casual, you know? And I'm sure that like just supporting the good teams when they're playing good is much easier, as, and it's an easier job to do, right? 100%. I, I Tigers, Tigers are winning. How good are the Tigers? They the might Dusty's win the flag. Back. Yeah, love it. Such an easy thing to say. As opposed to, I don't actually think they look that good or there's problems there when yeah. a team's playing well. It's yeah. much harder. You get yelled at more. There's a lot of people in very comfy jobs in the AFL media who just say what they see and they'll like, who's bad at the moment, Carlton? There'll be people yeah. this week nuking them yeah. with their feedback, just yeah. going, they are horrible. Mm-hmm. Vosh, is he going to get sacked? Yeah. I don't know if he's going to get sacked. He's doing a bad job. Yeah. People are saying he's just just talking about it. Yeah. And the moment they're good, we'll go, it's amazing how well they've done to turn it around. Yeah. They're so great. How good, more power to them. Just echoing, just yeah. echoing the same stuff. And crediting Voss with it as well. He's when a genius the way yeah. he turned it around. Yeah, no, 100%. And it's, we as a culture of football fans need to stop rewarding it. 100%. Another example is the Geelong stuff at the start of the year. Yes, Geelong are the worst team in the world. We, on this podcast, were always steadfast that Geelong would come good. Yes, we were. We were the only podcast. In fact, some podcasts 
would tell you they're bad because yeah. when they were recording, they'd see that they hadn't kicked a goal against Hawthorne. Yeah. And would tell you that they're awful and they're, and they're done. Yeah. Despite the fact they went back and won that game by a billion points. Yeah. Some podcasts would do that, not us. Sure. <laughs> we're different though because we yeah. are cool. Yeah. Speaking of awful, horrible things that I don't know how to talk about. Yeah. I just feel like I have to bring up the Hawthorne investigation and just say that we can't – I'm making a point. We are not trained enough to make comments on it. Yeah. Right? And that includes Clark O'Fagan and the whole thing. Yes. What I've seen, what I can – what I do feel comfortable talking about is the amount of people who are treating it like footy opinion. Like yeah. it's about kicking disposal yeah. efficiency yeah. and having hard opinions on they clearly know nothing about. Exactly. We even, know nothing about. And even if they know off the record behind the scenes, shut up. Yeah. Like it's, let's see. Oh my God. It's, it's, there's people treating it like it's another footy topic. And totally. it's very, very serious. They're treating it like it's something you can have an opinion on. Yes. It's not. It's really not. No. Unless you've worked in that football club during that time, you really can't have an opinion. And even then it's. And if you are yeah. fully worded up, Fully across everything, which I don't think many people truly, truly yeah, are. Yeah, truly, yeah. Um, and there's people making money off talking about it. Yes. Which is crazy. And that's all I'll say about it. But we're not going to talk about it actually about the thing. Mm. Malacca's coming up. Malacca's. Mm. Malacca's coming up after we do the recap. Hit that sting. Malacca's maracas, eh? I guess you could put it that way. Yeah. So let's talk about the first game of the week. Sure. It was a little game called Nam mm. versus Yadapulti. And it happened at Adelaide Oval in Ghana country on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Tom, I feel like a bit of a hypocrite. Yeah. I, uh, during the week, I was on a podcast called The Imperfects. Yes. Huge podcast hosted by Ryan Shelton, Josh Van Kuhlenberg, and Hugh, his brother, Van Kuhlenberg. Mm-hmm. It's about vulnerability. It's about mental health. It's about all that kind of stuff. And yeah. I talked in depth. It's a nice listen if you want to hear me be sincere. Yes. Uh, about anger and anxiety and dealing with uh, being a creative and working through my 20s. And it's mm-hmm. the story of my creative process, right? Mm-hmm. And I felt pretty good about myself and talking about it. And then I watched the footy and I broke one of my coffee tables. Yep. I, uh, I put my fist through it because I was so mad. Yeah. It was a good coffee table too. Yeah. So I'm mad at myself for that. But uh, I hid it from my partner. Yeah, <laughs> I put the coffee table in the garage. Yeah. And then oh, she, the next morning, because she was out at a party, she came back and said, I'm sorry about Melbourne. I'm saying, well, funny you mentioned that. <laughs> because the, we need a new coffee table. Yeah. But we were getting a new one anyway, which is... Which yeah, is, great. But just still not good. No. Uh, oh, so frustrating. Sure. So frustrating. Yeah. I... I'm so worried about my football team. Yeah. What do you think about that? I think it's hard because hmm. I think at the end of the day, you have to be winning these games to win a premiership, right? Yes. But it also felt to me like there was one poor quarter from you guys. And if the game had gone on another two minutes, you might have won. But it's sort of unacceptable that it got to that point in the first place. Thomas. You know what I mean? Who have we beaten this year? That are good? Yes. I'm not sure. I don't know off the top of my head. Who have we lost to? Yeah, so Port. Port. Yeah. Brisbane. Yeah. Essendon. Yeah. 
We can't beat good teams. No, you need to be winning those games to win the premiership for sure. My only hope is it's early. Yeah. But I feel like there's coaching stuff that has been happening for a long time now that is not changed or addressed. Yeah. yeah. And it's making me lose huge faith. And I don't think we'll ever be bold enough to make coaching changes that need to happen. Yeah. So I'm so frustrated, Tom. I hear you. I don't think there's much more to say, is there? I'm hopeless. I'm, I have no hope for yeah. us. Um, that's why I'm so excited for teams like Brizzy. Port, mm. outstanding. Look at them. All of a sudden, Ken Hinckley. Seven on the trot. Tom, mm. tomorrow. Yes. You run Gold Coast Suns. Yeah. You get a phone call from an intermediary. Yeah. They say, hi, Tom. How are you going? Mm-hmm. Good. Thank you. How is the weather up there in Gold Coast? It's beautiful. Tom, I have a client who might be interested in coaching your team. Mm-hmm. He hangs around ports. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been at a club coaching in a port area in Adelaide for a few years. Mm-hmm. Were we to were, were you to have a coaching availability? Would you be cons- would you consider working with that someone like that? Mm-hmm. I know you have a coach currently, but were we were you to not have him anymore? Would you consider this guy? Yeah. What would you say? Absolutely, for sure. You you would you would replace so that is. Let's get rid of subtext. You would sack Stuart Jew tomorrow, and replace him with Ken Hinckley. Yes, but I think that requires some ex- explanation. I think we don't have time. <laughs> just quickly, I think both coaches would in this situation. Both coaches are excellent, but have had their time, and a fresh start for both of them would potentially be very, very. Beneficial for everyone because you know Ken Hinckley hasn't re-signed. No, this is his end. This is yeah. the, his, the end of his contract. Yeah, totally. His team, seven on the trot, third on the third ladder, third on the ladder, above above Nam. They're they're only below Brisbane and Collingwood. Yeah, no, I think Suns with someone like that, with like winning experience and finals experience, might be what we need for the next step. If you're David Kosh, yeah, and you're in you're in that meat fridge thinking away, sure. You're signing, you're re-signing him, surely, aren't you? Yeah, but I wonder if Hinkley's done the thing of gone, you know, during the summer was happy to sign. They were... Yeah. And now he's holding he's them gonna get to good mo- He's going to get good money He might get an extra now. 200 grand a year out of but this. But then what happens if they go back to being mediocre for another five years after this? Then well, they're stuffed. He's got, them, he's got them by the long and curlies, mate. So tell me if I'm wrong, right? But my read on Ken Hinkley as a coach is not that he is... He's not really bad and he's not really good. He's just one of those you'd love to have him at your club. Like Ross Lyon. Ross Lyon never won a premiership, right? Right. But he was always considered a great coach, yeah? Yeah. I That's the way I think about Hinkley. I think he hasn't done anything to prove that he's the best coach in the competition. Yeah. But he's clearly very good coach and clearly valuable. He's been there so long, man. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying that he could do with a they could do with a change and it could be good for them over there. It's gonna, but, This is yeah. going to play out. The Ken Hinkley... It's probably going to be boring, but it could be fascinating. Yeah, they'll probably just re-sign him in two weeks when he's, you know, when he's totally. team, when it's mid-season. But I think if team. you do sign him for another five years and they're mediocre, I, I, do, I just don't think that's how they are with a club that old and a destination club in a way and a coach that good. They'll always be around it. They've lost one game. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? It's huge. He's he talking about strengthening negotiation. Mm. Incredible strength. Yeah. You're exactly right. Six months ago, no no hand yeah. to quote Seinfeld. Yeah. He has all the hand now. Totally. 
And Jason Horn Francis is a big reason, I think. And well, they're young midfield, Rosie Butters, Jason Horn Francis. Geez, they're they're just phenomenal, aren't they? Their next game, North Melbourne, uh, or as I like to call them, North Nam, yep. versus the, the the Sydney Swans of the Gadigal country. Yep. I've already talked about this stupid game. Yep. Oh, the only thing I'll highlight is Sheasel. How good is he? He's a gun. He's so good, right? Is he going to be one of those players where he's like Daniel Rich, where his first year's incredible and then he just becomes a normal player? I genuinely is- think that if he was this good forever, then he would be a generational yes. pick one. And they're going to get... Harley Reid as well, the yeah. number one draft pick. Yeah. Or no, probably West Coast. Oh, West Coast they? or Hawthorne potentially, yeah. Oh, West West Coast. Who'd you say the third one was? Or Hawthorne. Oh, yeah, or Hawthorne. But no, Hawthorne's one. one. Hawthorne is tied with North Melbourne now, but yeah, it looks like West Coast are the ones. And hey, it looks like they need it too. And West Coast, he's a Melbourne boy, right? Do you risk getting a Melbourne boy I for saw three a tweet years? saying that Eagles and um, North should do a handshake. Yeah. And swap because the number two pick is a... Is he? As a Melbourne guy. Right. So they could just do a dodgy, you wow. take the Perth person, we'll take the Melbourne person. That would be interesting. Well, that's, that is really interesting, right? Yeah. Because the second player is... Oh, because... Oh. Yeah, so the top two draft prospects at the moment, one's from Victoria, one's from... If, if West Coast are dead last and they're bold enough to make a play, this guy is projected to be the best... Number one draft pick in a really, really long time. Probably since Yama style, hey? Probably since, no, probably more since like Matt Rao. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, Matt Rao was hype, wasn't he? Super hype. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Um, so if they're bold enough to make a play, because you might have a Jason Horn Francis situation. What's interesting though, Braden, would you argue that Dacos and Ashcroft were never hyped because we already knew the destination? I think when you're a father son, I think it gets a bit clouded because yeah. people go, well, he's just going there, so we'll never really know what the genuine hunger for him is. Exactly. Whereas I think Dacos, if he wasn't father-son, might have had no idea. similar hype. No idea. No idea. That's all. I think a lot of these... So I heard someone say, I forget who it was. I wish mm. I could credit them. I'm, well, I think it was David King, actually, sure. who said, love funnily King. enough, we love King. We love King. Yeah, we love him. He said something like, sometimes when the draft gurus out mm-hmm. there can't very clearly say who's good and who's bad... To cover their own tracks, they say it's going to be a weak draft. Sure. Yeah, yeah, totally. So There's no such thing as a weak draft, in my opinion. Um, who's that person who used to coach Richmond? The heaps. They're a draft expert. Terry, Every year Terry, they come They come out during draft time and they become this draft expert. Terry, Terry I don't know. No, not Terry. Anyway, they're a... Kevin fa- Bartlett? They're an idiot. I almost okay. said who are you talking F about? an idiot. Who? They're like the trade... Radio I, expert. I saw so much in this podcast. I'm so yeah. sorry. I know I said I wouldn't. Is it a lot of work? Oh, no. It just means I need to pause every time. Oh, you that's know, annoying. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I stop, highlight it. But you're playing pod. RuneScape at the same time. Well, I you? won't be with this bloody pod, mate. Tell yeah, you what. Well, good good cover there. Okay. So we're... Okay. So but I want to tell you this person. Or should I just tell people to let me know who I'm talking about? Who? Are you, no, you tell me There's now. There's someone from on Trade Radio... And they're an idiot. And they are you pop sure up. they coached Melbourne? Are they Richmond? I think so. That's the only thing I know about them. Or they were a failure of a coach. No, I think you're talking about or a list manager. No. Yeah, I know. Were they Richmond's list? He's retired. Manager? It's it's Terry. It's not Wallace though. Yeah, it's Terry Wallace. You're talking no. about. You are. You're talking about the list manager, Terry Wallace. He calls no, him, he calls no. himself the list manager. No, there's someone else. It's Trade Terry Radio. Wallace, and he's retired. Trade Radio. What is it called? Draft expert. Man, it's Terry Wallace. No, it's not because I know that voice. I'm talking about right. Listen, we'll just put it to listeners. It's terrible. So there's someone who's a draft expert, right? 
They pop up only around draft. They were a massive failure as a list manager or as a coach. And what they say is so stupid, and yet they get so much time every year. I don't know what to Who tell you. Who am I talking to? Uh, man, I don't know what to tell you, man. It's Terry Wallace. And he's retired. Draft expert. We've got to move AFL. on, Tom. No, but you, you'll know who I mean. Or someone at home It's will. Terry. I don't I, I, I can't. I, I can't help. I can't. I don't know what. I can't. I can't. I can't. I don't know what to do. It's definitely not Terry Wallace. Um, it's Terry. Uh, no, I know Terry uh, Wallace coached Richmond. Maybe that's where I'm getting confused. But I'm talking about an idiot. Yeah, that's. I, uh, I'm not talking about Callum Toomey, am I? No, that's no, no. Cal, Cal Toomey's good. He, yeah. I Let's move talk- on. Someone in the on Reddit or Twitter or Instagram or something, tell me who I'm talking about. I don't know what Someone to say. Someone out there will know who I'm talking about. I don't know what to say. I, I, I'm speechless. I'm just. I'm <laughs> absolutely speechless. I'll tell you about it on Thursday. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. So the next game uh, on Saturday yep. was the Western Bulldogs versus the Adelaide Crows. Yeah. On Wadawurrung Jaja Warung Country, yep. aka Ballarat. Mm-hmm. They've done that stadium up. It looks an absolute treat. Mars Stadium. Yep. Do you know why it's called Mars Stadium, Tom? Tell them, Tom. Because Mars is a big sponsor. And why is it big sponsor in Ballarat? Because they have a Mars factory out there. I think they used to. They used to, right. <laughs> I don't know if they do anymore. They've got weird little things out there. Like IBM head offices out in Ballarat. Yeah. It's very weird. But me and Mitch have gone there one time. So yeah, we'll, you went during COVID. We went during COVID for a GWS Gold Coast game, which is so odd. Yeah, I think it was, that, right? it was a hub situation. Or yeah. Situation. But no, Great I, stadium. I, I wish it was a better game. Yeah, I was getting really good TikTok ads about it. You know where they like yeah, zoom in yeah, on yeah, the map yeah, yeah. and then they show it, and then they have the "How to Train Your Dragon" inspiring music over shots of Ballarat, and you go, "Whoever made this hasn't ever been to Ballarat." Ballarat, because it's more likely to get stabbed and caught a homophobic. Bit of, bit of, ro- bit of rose tattoo should have been playing over. Yeah. Come down, have a crack, son. That's um, what it should have been. We probably should have gone for content. Oh, that would have been great. Yeah, we should have next time. But it would have been an awful day, a freezing cold day mm-hmm. in Ballarat, watching yep. the Adelaide Crows get destroyed by the Bulldogs. But the stadium looks really nice. And I think they should play more footy in those size stadiums. That's yeah. my hot opinion. Sure. I have nothing else to say about that game, apart from how did my boy Bontempelli go? The only, well, he, he didn't do quite well. He was some form of injury, but he played out the game, but it was some form of injury. 30 disposals, and one goal, one. Very bad for him. Yeah, very bad for him. <laughs> and incredible. Their, their big problem mm-hmm. is their kicking. Who's that? Doggies. Because I know, like, obviously they comprehensively beat Adelaide, 11 but eleven nineteen is unacceptable. Like, and it, I think this has been the story of the year. I think they've been doing this every week. Holy hell! But I think, I think a lot of people come for me when I say stuff like that. But the Bulldogs, you know, sure they're not kicking straight. Sure, it's been a bit of a wonky on and off year. Mm-hmm. If you said to me mm-hmm. you're going to have a wonky start to the year, yeah, and Bontempelli's having career but isn't is in career best form, yeah. We're blooding young players like mm-hmm. Framlingham's own Jamara Ugal Hagen. Yep. And we're and Sam Darcy. Yep. People like this. And then on top of that, you're sitting sixth on yep. the ladder, Tom. Yep. You take that, you put that in your pocket, you yep. say, let's build to the finals, let's build to September. We're the doggies, woof woof. I'm not gonna let people come for me this week, Broden. Fair enough. I was completely wrong. That doesn't look like they've kicked for like the, this for <laughs> a those, single time this year. For those listening, that's a line in the sand for Tom. He doesn't want to hear it from you. Do you I understand? don't want to hear it from you this week, right? I say stuff often wrong. You know what I said last week? I said, I think the Q Clash has historically been quite close. 
Not true. Not true. That was so funny. On our subreddit, if you don't go on Reddit, uh, I bet you're a well-balanced good person and you'd never have to open that stupid app. But if you do go on Reddit, funniest thing ever. Tom said, it's always a close game. I said, I think I had a lot of qualifiers. Maybe I could be wrong. You said it's it's a you know it's a tight tussle. We've built a, a, a culture of rivalry. It's really good. I'm actually going to just go hop over there very quickly and just get up the rivalry. Let's go through, shall we? Doggies uh, have kicked very straight. 2022, <laughs> Brisbane defeated Gold Coast by 17 points. Yeah. 2022 earlier, Gold Coast were defeated by the Brisbane Lions by 52 points. Yeah. 2021, Brisbane. 2021, Brisbane. 2020. They played three times. 2021, Brisbane, maybe preseason. Yeah. 2020, Brisbane. 2019, Brisbane. 2019, Brisbane. 2018, Brisbane. So what I would say is sometimes I have things in my head that aren't true. And during a pod, it's very difficult to look it up and, ge- and Tom, check. Tom, you got to have accountability. We're in the media now, Tom. Yeah, and I did. I, that's why I put their qualifiers. Qualifiers. <laughs> things like, I'm not sure, but. I'm not sure, but. I don't know what I'm talking about, exactly. but. Well, and I do put facts down every now and then. Yeah, no, you got to, you, it's not like you edit this, Tom, and can take things out as well, like check later and take it out or anything like well, that. that would be messy, you know? Yeah, it's too easy, yeah. Seebs, <laughs> seebs. But uh, bad job, Crows. You, I come into bat for you and you do this to me. I tipped him. Yeah, you tell people your tips. I got one this week, I think. No, I must have got two this week. So Saints? Yeah, I got Saints and I got uh, Fredo. Colin. You didn't tip Collingwood? No, I tip no. So I got four in the end. Oh, okay, well that's all right. Yeah, but only because I only tipped Hawthorne because you forced me to on this pod. Yeah, see, I'm a good man. Yeah, but I thought spiritually I got Nam and North Melbourne. No, you didn't. Spiritually, no, I didn't. Nam lost. Yeah, but spiritually they won. We're flaky, <laughs> and North spiritually won as well. No, so. well the rules, mate. <laughs> I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty supportive of the rules. To be honest, I'm glad Sydney won. <laughs> While you look, beat Geelong. Yeah. I also dipped this, and you came at me for this as well, on pod. Yeah, I can't believe they won. Yeah, but I, I'm see, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not across all the injuries for Geelong, but they're playing like their second team almost, aren't they? No danger, at Optus. That's all I needed to hear, mate. No danger, at Optus. Once again, you're Geelong, right? You yeah. want a flag? Yeah. Everyone in your team's 48. Yeah. You know they're uh, they're not far off Booper Healthcare. Yeah. You know, they're off the Booper Aged Care yeah. situation, right? And you rely on one singular player to win you the game every week. You've had possibly the worst potential start you could have to a season where yep. you've dropped embarrassing games. Yeah. But you've managed still to put away four wins and you are sitting seventh on the ladder. How good is that? You've got to be happy with that. They'll find form and they'll, they'll be totally fine, right? Oh, it's scary. Yeah. Scary hours. And But the risk of them at any point is... Old mate danger or someone like that can do a calf, do it. Do if it. Jeremy Cameron or Tom Hawkins did, that would be Yes. That would be rough. Hawkins looks like he's twenty six. Yeah. How I does know. he do it? It's beautiful. But uh you know, they dropped their colours last week and uh, I'm always happy for people I don't know why. I think as one time I went to a game in Fremantle mm. at Optus Stadium and I saw I saw Frio lose to Hawthorne. And I just felt so bad for these poor Frio fans who've never seen a flag. Mm. And um, just show up every week and just see and have, you know, I, I think we underestimate how sad it's, it is to be a Frio fan. Yeah, right. So and how even great when, to see them beat Geelong at Optus Stadium. It's great. Totally. And even when you were good, you had the worst style of football ever seen. Yeah, it's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you had to watch Ross, Ross Lyon. Lyon football. 
Mm-hmm. Sad. And he had Chris Connolly as a coach. Yeah. Chris Connolly. I don't know who that is, but it sounds awful. Chris Connolly was your coach. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear. So good on him. I hope yeah. you bottom out, though, so we get your draft pick. <laughs> um, Brisbane Big beat Q the Suns. This margin doesn't make it look as close as it was yeah, for a no, long it time. Was, they're always close to the Q, Q clash. <laughs> Sunnies, don't lose hope, Tom. Ben King, three goals, two. You just got to stay the course, Tom. Mm-hmm. You just got to stay the course. Brisbane are really good. They are. I think they good. are the clubhouse leaders with Collingwood at the moment. That's not a, I think. They are the clubhouse are, leaders. Yeah. You know, with Collingwood at the moment, it's between those two in my head at the mm-hmm. moment. Huge Sunnies. games in their midfield. That's the scary thing. McCluggage, Ashcroft, Dunkley, Neil, all with three disposals and a goal each or something. You got doggies in Darwin next week. Yeah, I know. It's going to be rough, isn't it? I think that's great. I'm reckon, so excited for that. You reckon the Suns will win that? I don't know, but then you've got two weeks. You've got two Darwin weeks, right? Yeah, two Darwin weeks. So you've row. got doggies and then crows. Yeah. I'm. If you came out of them with two wins, I think as a Suns fan, you are wrapped. Yeah. And then you power into a bye, have a yeah. big break. Have a nice, have a snooze. Come back, play count of the MCG. Let's talk about doing something for that, Tom. Sure, I'm Because down. I can get into the MCG anytime I want. <laughs> yeah. And I know all the cool cafes. Yeah. Oof. So, you know, don't lose hope. And then Saturday night, potentially, no, the game of the round, obviously, and almost the game of the year. So I didn't watch this. I want a full report. It was a tight battle all day. Any controversies? Not the, not, no, I don't think not so. Not really. My main feedback from Richmond Essendon is both teams would have pulled out all their hair if they had any watching this game. Yeah. So many, like just one of those arm wrestle games. Mm-hmm where it could have gone either way. Everyone kicking, you know, kicking down the line to an intercept mark, it turns back, same thing. Just really, yeah. really struggle. Grindy. I feel like I have to mention beautiful boy Sam Wiedemann, who just was a star and is looking awesome with a yeah. nice settled sp- spot. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought, you know, Weeds was the, you know, game high goal kick. He could have had five goals, two yeah. goals, three. And then uh, Dusty looked, Dusty's back to being really nicely and building into form, but 100%. it might be too late just for quietly. Richmond. Do you think Richmond's season's over? No. Well, no, I've been a believer from the start. It might be over now, but God, like they they beat Geelong now. They almost beat Essendon, who have been good all year. Like, I don't know. It feels like it might be an almost year for them, which I've said. They're 14th, Tom. Yeah. There's only four teams below them on the ladder. How, how many games from the eight are they? Like two, three? They're on 14 points, right? Yeah. Because they had that draw. And who's in eighth? So they are a game and a half off 20 points, yeah. which is what Geelong are on. But percentage-wise, they'd still be... You see, that That sounds to me like it's still a very open season. A game and a half is nothing. But yeah, who's it might letting be time in, to write off. Who's Richmond. letting you into the top eight out of Adelaide, Geelong, Bulldogs, St Kilda, Nam, Yadapulti, um, uh, Brisbane, Collingwood? I think it's like... Who's dropping said? out of there? I think it's like what you said, like St Kilda, Doggies... Cats, Crows have all had moments of mediocrity, Broden. Yes, but... They could go on a three-week losing spree, you know? like It's true. I, I, Saints, I think Saints stay in and play finals now. I, I, I think so too. I'm just saying I think it's still very open. Sydney could still make the eight. Richmond could still make the eight. That's, I think that's the, all I I'm think saying. the conversation ends where Richmond is at 14th. I think it's a long shot for Richmond to get back in. Because yeah. you'd need. I think their form's better. How many than teams would you need? How many how many teams would you need to fall over? Literally, 
Well, that, that's what I mean, though. Like, it's but you're saying a game and a half out of the eight. We're not talking about fallover. We're talking about drop one crucial game, and you. They're two go. They're two games. Let's just say two they're games. two games behind getting into the into the. Yeah, I think better teams than the teams in the eight have dropped two in a row, two crucial ones yeah. in a row. Gold Coast last year needed to beat a, an awful Essendon to make the eight, mm-hmm. and we didn't show up and lost by like a hundred points, and we're absolutely embarrassed, and no one in the media spoke about it. But we had every opportunity to make the eight last year, and we chose not to. Guess who they got next week? Who they got? Yadapulti. Yeah, nice. Ken Hinckley. Yep. And then they got Hawth. And then who they got? The week after that, they got Giants. Yeah, Oof. it's going to be tough. I think they're going to arm wrestle all the way back now, and you just don't know how to tip them either way. It's 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 uh, it's it's interesting. But yeah, hundred percent. Great ending to a game. Holy hell. Yep. Sunday morning, free Hawthorne looked like twenty twelve Hawthorne. Um, uh, they didn't win the flag that year. They look like one of the years where they won no, the flag. No, flag. One of the three. three <laughs> they far out. They beat the Waffle. They beat the Claremont. <laughs> they beat the West Coast Eagles. One hundred forty-two to twenty-six. Can I? T- I the, brutal. Can, can I tell you a couple of fun things about this, Broden? There's nothing fun about this. So there's a, an account on Twitter called Sir Swamp Thing, and they do like uh, stats for like game day. So on Channel 7, when Channel 7 needs a quirky stat or whatever, they do that, right? Yes. They've got like 60,000 followers on Twitter, a big deal. Yeah. They put out two tweets I'd like to read to you, Bren. Go on. Players in teams sitting in bottom spot on the VFL-AFL ladder to outscore the entire opposition side in a game. There's only ever been six Say players that again. to do it. So I'll translate for A player, you. A player outscored the other team. But a player in 18th spot on the ladder. To outscore. Oh, wow. Has only ever happened five times. Or who one did of them it? was Mitchell Lewis today, who <laughs> outscored West Coast by themselves. And do you think that's a bad stat for West Coast? Yeah. Do you think that's a bad thing to hear? So all the other times would be pre-1995, which was the game was a different game. Mitchell Lewis kicked six goals. Yeah, he outscored West Coast. The other ones I'd like to read to you, Broden. Mm-hmm. Biggest wins in AFL history by side sitting bottom of the ladder. Today was the second biggest. The previous biggest was 178 in 1979, round four, Collingwood St Kilda. So that is the second biggest win of a bottom of an 18th placed team on the ladder ever. Isn't that crazy? So next Saturday, Hawthorne play the Saints. Yeah. Do you reckon they are all of a sudden just in, in incredible form? I mean, we've been strong that Hawthorne have got something. They've got a coach that's interesting. They've got something going for them. But no, I don't think they're... Ready to make any moves this year. 116 point win. I know. Between what were they? 16th and 18th now. Yeah. And Kingy was bashing him too. He was not happy. He was bashing their older people like Gaff. He went in hard on Gaff and stuff, which is really a real worry. You know, when your yeah. leaders and your champions aren't showing up, that's I, a big I, worry. I, I put it? a question to our West Australian fans. Yeah. This is, for me, on the East Coast with my lattes, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, over in Melbourne, I write poems in cafes and I, you know, I wear big coats and mm-hmm. I, uh, I'm very cool, right? Yes. Whenever I, very cool, dude. When I look at AFL players who live in WA, mm-hmm. long hair, very, you know, I think of Alex Pierce. I think of people, a bit chill, a lot of Birkenstocks, mm. you know what I mean? A lot of... Hey, I know the guy from Tame Impala kind of energy. Yeah, totally. There's genuinely generally a vibe over there of a bit more chill. Yeah. John Butler trio. Bit bit more John Butler and a, mm. a, a lot less uh I don't know what King Gizzard. King Gizzard. 
I don't know what that means. I don't. I don't but I mean, John Butler's very cool, chill. Very, yeah, very hip. hip very uh, and chilly, then hippie. King is a very fire, yeah. coffee, laneways. Yeah. <laughs> you need to. You need to calm down. I'm just trying to be yeah. dem- demonstrative for you. Yes. Oh, I appreciate it. Perth has got this vibe of, hey, we're the most isolated city in Australia. Mm. It's not going our way. Footy's not great. Oh well. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. I wonder if that's true, and I want our Perth audience to let me know if I'm talking out my ass. What I know of the Perth media is they'll that, be mad at me. <laughs> they'll be well. The Perth media don't know who I am. No, but the Perth media will be very upset. Perth right? audience, Perth, Perth audience might be. Uh, I, I don't mean to be offensive. I love, I love Perth. Yeah, uh, we we both love Claremont. Perth. Beautiful beaches. Claremont killer. Um, we had a nice lunch there. <laughs> yeah, we've eaten good places. Jamie's Italian, you know, can't be bad. Oh yes, closed now. Fast sad. Eddie's also closed now. Yeah, very sad. Stop closing your national institutions. <laughs> yeah. So no reason to go there. Anyway, so let's stop talking about that. It's sure. miserable. And then today, Collingwood Carlton. Yep. Collingwood defeated Carlton by 28 points. Carlton, very bad at football. They kicked 715. Was I thinking of Carlton? Uh, Are Carlton kicking bad every week? Could be. Maybe I was thinking of Carlton. I mean, like, Kerno, Mackay, Owies collectively kicked seven goals. Yep. Kerno, three goals, two. Yep. Mackay, two goals, two. Mm-hmm. Owies, two goals, one. I mean, it's not. Not the worst. No, it's not. But also, it's like it's also the the pressure that Collingwood put on there. Like you never get a good shot at goal. One thousand percent. I was sitting here watching this game, just, just sickened by Carlton. Mm. The first quarter, it felt to me like they showed up and went, "Oh, what? They're really good. Mm. We have to." I don't think I saw anyone lay a tackle. Yeah, and I felt so stupid for spending so much time last week. Defending Sam Walsh and saying Sam Walsh is the best player ever. Yeah. By golly, the amount of times he got pinged holding the ball. Yeah. The other side of it, Collingwood, they just look like, at the moment, they look like when they play people, it's a training drill. Yeah, it does feel like that. Everything goes their way. Like when I watch my team, there's quick handballs and movement, but eventually one slips out of the hand and it, you know, gets into a into a contest. The ball just flies between their players, and in these moments, they just look. Untouchable. Yeah, it's incredible how they do it. And they just look above the ground, running and flying. It's 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 I'd, incredible to watch. I'd like to add on top of that to embellish your point mm-hmm. that they also make mediocre or normal AFL players look like superstars. Yeah, Bo McCreary, Bo McCreary, Sam Collins, Oleg Markov, who couldn't get Sorry, a game. Sorry, not at Sam Collins. Collins. I meant Oleg Markov. Yeah, couldn't get a game. Oleg, Mason, I knew who you meant. Mason Cox. <laughs> they look the same. Yeah, Mason, Mason Cox. Cox. Like these players in that system and with that belief, yeah, look like superstars, mate. That you still sweared. Yeah, but I'm gonna beep it as well, so it'll sound like. Yeah, fair enough. I get it. And then the last game of the week, Giants stayed with the Saints for a really long time, but they yeah. couldn't keep a, you know twelve goal, twelve points in the end. Yeah, it we were watching close. this game before we podcasted, and uh, it wasn't keeping my attention, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, it was more interesting at like three quarter time. Shout out to Jack Sinclair with 37 disposals and two goals. Jeepers, how good's that? So that's a that's a game-winning performance. Yeah. To- uh, Tom Green, missing Toby Green, but 29 disposals and Lockie Whitfield with 32. Mm-hmm. Cornelio, who is, an, who is a true GWS original player. Yep. He's back 26 goals and... Remember how... And one goal. 26, point, 26 disposals, one goal. Yeah. Remember how damning that Amazon Prime show was on him? Oh, it was just brutal. Not that they were, right? Just he came out of it looking yeah. so poor, right? Well, they would have edited it in a way that made him look flat. So, 
let's remind know, our There was a show called Amazon AFL Show. Yeah. I forget what it was called. Really awesome, and they, I yeah. wish they'd made more, but there clearly wasn't enough demand for it. Yeah. Or they went, we're just going to make one season of this to get their subscribers. And because it was in COVID, you know, da, it was da, a da, thing da, da. to do. Yep. Uh, but they made him look like the flakiest dude. So they made him the captain, and then he stopped showing up to meetings and shit. Yeah. It's basically the story. I, he just started doing weird things, like I've got a wooden box and it means friendship. And yeah, that's right. And was like, this is a bit weird. Yeah. And then he also, yeah, didn't show up to meetings as the club captain. Which is just a bit odd. Anyway, we've talked about it Cornelio enough, but yeah. I think we talked about GWS and Saints enough. Aside from the fact that Charlie Clawson went to this Saints game in <laughs> Giant Stadium, and I'm just so happy they got the win because that's a long pilgrimage to go yeah. and watch some football. Did he drive up for that? No idea. He would have driven. I don't know. Yeah. No idea. That was a nice drive. But that was the footy for the week, yeah. and I'm sure there was plenty of Malakas around. Yep. Play that Malaka music. Mm. Malaka. Play that Malaka music, Malaka. Yeah. All right, so we've got five here. We'll get through them. A lot or of in, them we've or, touched on. Or in Deutschland, you have fünf für Malaka. <laughs> um, the first one is I put North X2. Because for me, it was a double Malaka. The interchange steward at North making that mistake. Yes. That, and also the penalty being too hard. So when you say that person, you mean like a like a volunteer, yeah. part-time person, you're giving that person the like... Or just North as a club for breaking that rule, but also that the rule being way too harsh. That team without a coach. <laughs> yeah, that was the joke that, that was going around the rudderless. That uh That um, the interim coach had been in charge of the Brett interchange. Ratton. Brett Ratton was half-time... He was part-time coach. Yeah. No, he's yeah. He only showed up like three days a week. Oh, my golly. Yeah. So I just thought that was all the shambles and it was a double-edged malaka. Go on. Secondly, one of the most frustrating things is, you know what I'm going to say, Broden? For all the malakas here on out, yeah. it's not anecdotal evidence that I'm talking about here. I'm talking about something more... Airy fairy. Okay. An idea of something. Yeah, you, that's something you should lean into because otherwise, if you go for straight data and stats, you get, you get wrong. You, you get taken down. And I think you'll know what I mean by this, right? There's nothing more frustrating as a fan of sport than a coach that doesn't adjust. Yes, I agree with that. And I, I <laughs> very much agree with that. And I think that sometimes Numb. in the eye of our beholder, right? Yes. Because maybe they are adjusting and we just don't see it or whatever. But when you're watching the NBA and something, they keep going to the same player and they keep getting rejected or they are cold from three and they, the coach doesn't adjust, that is the most frustrating thing in Oh, sports. my God. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Do you want to name Simon Goodwin or do you want to just, uh, you know? That was where the thought came from, but it was more Doc Rivers as well. It was like, that was the most frustrating thing when I was really into NBA NBA was when Doc Rivers wouldn't uh, seemingly would not make adjustments that were you sitting at home are obvious <sighs> uh, uh, so just, that's always done with an underlying of but I don't know what the hell I'm talking about that's what I'm talking about that's what I was saying that's, that was the qualifier I put upon there's, this you know like there's you're like that coach is so inept why aren't they changing it but yeah. then then you think I'm inept Yes. For thinking that I'm smarter than a full-time coach. Totally, totally. But is it still not the most frustrating thing in sport? Yes. So it's... I'm not necessarily saying that Simon Goodwin didn't adjust. I'm saying it was this apparent feeling or observation that there was we, no adjustment. Our midfield is 
Christian Petrarca, yeah. Norm Smith medalist. Keith Bluey Truscott, uh, medalist. Mm. Clayton Oliver. Yeah. Vice captain, former captain. I believe he's one of Bluey as well. Mm, three, I think. Jack Viney. Oh. Ruckman Max Gorn. Yeah. Backup Ruckman Brody Grundy. Yeah. All Australians between them, 450. Yeah. We lose the clearances two to 12 or something like that against Port. Yeah. Against Yadapulti. Yeah. And I just don't understand. And it feels like it's deliberate. Yes. They're like, where our defense is so strong that we'll let you have that kick because we'll get it back and we'll build out a defense. Correct. What that doesn't take into account is that the whole back line is so tired and stuffed because the ball is constantly flying into, into them. Yeah. And then they go, we better fix our clearance. All of a sudden, we kick six consecutive goals, but it's too late. It's too tight a game yeah. now. Oh, my God. Kill me. Stephen May is worth four goals for you guys, but how often can you ex- exactly. expect him to contested mark yes, intercept? Yeah, exactly. Ridiculous. Anyway, next Malacca. All right, so this one is, again, more of an idea. Yeah. So I'm going to present a problem, and mm-hmm. perhaps you will have the answer, Broden. I will. Or you might just be upset at me for bashing this. Go on. Dream time at the G. Mm. Awesome game sells out early. Yeah. Only 78,000 people can go because of this system with the MCC and the ticketing. Yeah. That's really upsets me. Did it sell out? It sold out like two weeks ago or something, yeah. It genuinely sold out? I, I, that is my understanding. I could be wrong here. That's so stupid. Yes. How do we fix that? What can we do? Do we make MCC members like yourself book a ticket? And if you guys don't book a ticket, then we release it to the general public. Like, what do we do? There are other seats. Uh, yes. No, it's, uh, it's so stupid. And maybe someone will correct me that my facts are wrong here, but that is my understanding. It's hard, it, it, the, the way that the MCG is structured is fundamentally flawed, right? Mm. In that MCC, the club runs the MCG. Yeah. And the members of the MCC have the right to show up to any game they want. Yes. And there is in the history of me being alive, I think there's never been a lockout. Yeah. So if it gets to capacity, they lock the doors. Sure. And that's never happened. Yeah. Even I, I've walked up to MCGs uh, on grand final day with 10 minutes before the game yeah. and got in. Just gone in, yeah. Um, that structure is so flawed, right? And But they know sometimes they're like, if the game is really low MCC projected, mm-hmm. but there is a lot of people otherwise coming, they have a structure where they can take like two or three bays from upstairs on Q right. deck and make them public but it's so dangerous because the moment that an MCC member can't get a seat all hell breaks why am I paying $900 a year yeah 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 totally so they often are just so beholden to whether members decide to show up or not yeah it's uh Having it's 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 a hundred thousand seats. Yeah, or not not a hundred thousand seats. A hundred thousand capacity, right? So when you think of it in that respect, seventy eight thousand is like world breaking records. Totally. Um, but it's a shame that we probably could have got like another five or six or seven. Totally right. Members. And would you suggest that Richmond and Essendon don't have a lot of MCC members? Is that no? That it's, a thing? Uh, no, for sure. That's absolutely that. Oh right. Okay. That's so crazy. Uh, Melbourne, you look. It's a point of frustration for me when at the MCG when my team plays there is. The way that the camera's looking, it looks like we've got 10,000 there. When you yep. turn the camera around, the MCC is full, no <laughs> yeah. seats. Yeah. And our, our, at the, like, 
our quality of life is very low because you can't get anywhere and find. You look over the other side of the ground. There's no one sitting there. Totally. totally. Put some people in the where the camera is. Yeah. Well, I just thought that was really interesting and no, a bit it's frustrating. True. And hey, this hey, is one of those ones. I that love I, shitting on the MCG. Totally. And this is one that I, I read on Twitter or whatever, so I could be wrong. So you can, you guys can. Uh, um, there were seats wrong. available right up in the heavens on the on the southern side as well. And yeah, there right. are other points, but then there's, yeah, it's not good when there's like. AFL members get seats and they don't fill them and things like Yeah, totally. Finally. It's not just the MCC, right? Yeah. Right, so two other quick ones. I don't think you'll have much to say on these. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. The Eagles. They're Malakas, man. It's no good. I'm not even sure how it's their this, fault that they're how, Malakas. How did it happen? How did they... Because powerful teams who win flags should be able to transition to a redevelopment stage, yep. but to use your premiership players. When Melbourne was trying to grow a team we would have de- died to have a few smart older players to see through the younger people and say this is what our culture is this is how we play football when we're down we still fight things like that 1000% we were desperate for that and yeah. I know the Gold Coast Suns have had a decade of wishing they had that totally so how was the leadership so bad at West Coast from coach to Nat Nui to Josh Kennedy to Shuey to Sh- like Sheed mm-hmm. to all of those guys that they're now in such a bad position that they are getting pummeled by a team at the bottom of the ladder with them by 111 yeah. points. Yeah. And they're financially in such a good position, state-of-the-art facilities, a billion fans. It's bad. It's really bad and it's embarrassing for them. I will just quickly say that it looks like Sheed, Witherden and Kelly, you know, some of their senior guys did play well. But then if you go down the bottom, there's just a lot of guys there that Oscar Allen's not young anymore. Gaff had 10 disposals rem- for the game. It reminds me, famously, during the COVID year, they just refused to get on board with it and hated the whole thing. And yep. they were supposed to be a good team around there and they yep. just disappeared off the Richter. Yep. Off the Richter? Disappeared off the, you know, they, they Off the like map. It. And then ever since then, they haven't been able to get the, the juju back. No. Yeah, so they're Malakas. And, and then, then the last one, one um, just like uh, one thing I'm sort of not up for being a, a father of a young boy is just this bashing off the ball, Braden. Max Gorn was the one on Friday, but I wasn't happy with the treatment of Nick Dacos a few weeks ago either. Oh yeah, I don't like, like it in our game. I wouldn't let my son play if I thought he was going to be copping cheap shots. It's not, it's, not, it's not hard punch. It's not like king hitting or coward punching someone. It's literally just bumping someone. It's it, for me. I, I I disagree with you. I think it's borderline. I think knocking it's Max ment- Gorn to the ground is is too far. I think it's a mental attack more than it's a physical attack. Like it's more just like a just annoying. Like if if you're genuinely dropping someone, hundred yeah. percent. In fact, it should be what's the word? Um, it should be a free kick, right? Well, it should like be reportable. We've, like we've Gorny that happened to Gorny, right? He got knocked three times. Yeah. off the ball and they well, gave they, him a they free make kick. a point of. Um, getting him because they think they can get inside his head but he doesn't really respond to anything no and but he d- didn't play as good as he has previously potentially because of what you were saying about and it was all very and wet and there was no way of marking a ball totally in but yeah I, I don't mind a bit of mental battle I love a bit like you know Grant Williams tore apart Jimmy Butler the other day <laughs> yeah. um, by uh, getting in Jimmy Butler's ear <laughs> yeah. for those of you who don't like basketball um, this guy called Grant Williams plays for the Boston Celtics and he led Boston to a wonderful win because mm. he yelled in Jimmy Butler's ear. Yeah. And uh, the Boston Celtics went on to win and it was very impressive for them. And Jimmy Butler was mentally broken by it. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, uh, interesting one. Yeah, interesting. I, I, I'm a fan of a tough game and I like my tackles and I like my head over the balls and I like my bumps. Yeah, I don't like my gut punches and, and shirt punching and hitting each other off the ball, off the plate. Yeah, right. Is where I stand. I, I agree with the little punches and stuff, but I don't mind a bit of mental warfare. Yeah, no, personally. I okay, I'm giving it to MCG because, you know, they make so much money. Yep. And, to you know, they have no overheads. Yeah. The shit I know. <laughs> the shit I know about that place. Yeah. I've been waiting to give Malaka of the week to them for a long time. Yeah, great. But not to the wonderful staff there. No. Apart from the ones who run the place. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> beat that. <laughs> Corrupt. <laughs> um, uh, that's Malaka of the week, the MCG. Little extra song. We're going to add song of the week or album of the week to yeah, listen great. to. Something to go away and listen to. My album of the week is one that's been out for a little while now, mm-hmm. but I am loving it. It is a band who I, when I was in uni, mm-hmm. like hated but secretly loved. Right. Because they were they did they did the theme for Twilight, and I thought that was loser stuff. Yeah, sure. Paramore's album This Is Why, which they just made, they took a long break and then came back. It's an awesome album, and I love it. This Is Why, Paramore. Check it out. Great. What's yours? Well, Broden gave me two minutes to think about this. Yes. <laughs> so I'll come more prepared next week. But I feel I, like you should know music, though. Yeah, I know. And I, I went and looked at what I was listening to at Spotify. And this is a little cliche because, you know, we're big fans here. But the new song by King Gizzard is what I've been listening to the most this week. Gila Monster. It's got a very funny- Is it old school clip. vibe? Old school King Giz vibe? You know what? They said it was going to be super heavy and metal, but it's it's not as heavy as Infestor Rat's Nest. It's quite- like 70s power metal fun. Hell yeah. Like really um, fantasy-esque. Oh, the video D-O, clip yeah, is- Yeah, yeah D-O. Rainbow. Yeah, the, the video clip is very worth watching. Um, cool. I'm a huge fan. Check out Gila Monster by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. I like that. Gila. And Gila. also, uh, there's a third album people should go on this to. Tom has put out the all the scoring and music from the Auntie Donna's Coffee Cafe. The first half is silly songs that we made together. Mm-hmm. And the second half is his legit scoring. And if you want to le- legitimately listen to how good a scorer this guy is, go listen to the back half of it. It's incredible. That's all we have for this week. I want everyone to know we recorded this without any breaks. This is one fell swoop <laughs> of just talking. No guests. No, this has literally just been an hour 20-something of us talking. Yeah. Huge effort. Bounce that pill. 